Hey kiddos, welcome to Dad Feelings, the podcast about fictional father figures and real life dads with real feelings. You know, we've had some contentious dads featured on this show in the past. We've really asked some questions into the nature of dadness and what is a dad? And, um, you know, we've come up with various answers for that question. And sometimes we discuss dads who are unambiguously dads. And then my job is much simpler. And then sometimes I have to make a case for an unusual character. Um, you may recall that some time ago I made the case that Samus Aran was a dad in direct uh contradiction to the prevailing view of that character as a mom. So we've asked a lot of questions. Can an alien be a dad? Can a woman be a dad? Can a video game be a dad? And the question that I want to ask and answer today is can a floating case of french fries be a dad and the short answer that may be obvious considering his inclusion on this podcast is yes um, I, I think that is possible but to step back for a second today i'm talking about frylock from the uh critically acclaimed uh, adult swim show aqua teen hunger force and the show was one of the earlier examples of a kind of humor that came out of Adult Swim in the early 2000s, uh, sort of following Space Ghost, coast to coast, and moving towards this kind of absurdist humor that was kind of hit and miss, and I think that was extremely popular among a certain kind of audience at the time. And looking back doesn't always work. Um, and that I think in ways um, you can trace its influences throughout broader pop culture. Um, I think it's had a lot of negative effects uh, in terms of just the kinds of fans that it inspires, I think aren't always the best sometimes. And I think that the, the content of the show in cases like that has to take some ownership for it. So um, we've previously talked about Rick and Morty on this show. And, um, you know, I think many of us are aware of the kinds of fans that that show often attracts. And I think you can kind of trace a line from like an Aqua Teen Hunger Force to a Rick and Morty through things like Family Guy and other popular sitcoms that embrace that kind of absurdist humor or to put it a little less intellectually that like quote random humor. Um, but so I guess if you're if you're not familiar, that's sort of a, a contextual locating of that show in a humor or cartoon pantheon but the idea of the show is um there are these three characters frylock master shake and meatwad and uh, frylock is a floating thing of fries with a goatee uh master shake is just a, a cartoon milkshake and meatwad is a meatball with with eyes and a mouth and they're roommates and the initial conceit of the show was that they were detectives who sort of attempted to solve mysteries, although we're always terrible at it. And that 
didn't really continue on past a few episodes. Um, basically, the show just turned into these characters live together and things happen to them and um, they deal with them with the things that happen to them really terribly. So Master Shake, Meatwad, and Frylock live next door to a man named Carl um, in a suburban neighborhood in South New Jersey, which later turns into Seattle <laughs> um, somehow. Um, and if we're looking at the three characters, we have kind of, um, in contrast to the the sort of typical comedy setup of like a straight man and like a wacky kind of guy, there's three characters, right? So um, Meatwad is kind of like a child figure. Um, he's like extremely gullible, uh, doesn't really seem to like know much about the world, uh, is is basically just like this like small like boy essentially. Uh, Shake is, I guess, probably the if you're gonna talk about like a comedy duo, Shake is like the 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 funny man, right? Like he just overreacts to everything. He um, becomes like violent constantly. Like he drives a lot of the show just by virtue of him being written as like having these impulses that he just follows. Like that's sort of his whole deal. He he wants something or he thinks of something and then immediately acts on it. And then Carl is sort of like the cooler head. Um, he's kind of, he's like the smartest character. He's like the most mature kind of character. Um, and he's kind of like this father figure to, to meet Wad. Um, so there's like several episodes where Frylock is like trying to teach Meatwad things like, um, like just teach him like basic skills like math. Uh, and then there's a lot of times where he's trying to impart like moral lessons to Meatwad and then also kind of to Shake. So in the episode of PE Christmas in which Shake steals the identities of uh flavor Flav and Terminator X of public enemy, uh, Frylock insists that they all go to church on uh, on Christmas, and there are other occasions where he's like trying to get their neighbor Carl to stop drinking by having an intervention and like asking him to accept Jesus Christ into his life. Um, and so Frylock is is portrayed as this like calm, kind of like dour, upset sort of guy, um, but he's also has these moments where he like just gets something into his brain and just starts like acting crazy. So there's an episode where um, he has this cloning machine and uh, Shake gets the idea to use it to clone money, to basically just counterfeit money. And uh, Frylock like initially is like thinking of how irresponsible that is. And then just like decides to like do it for himself. And he's like, I'm going to use this money to feed all the starving children with my new line of like family friendly restaurants. Uh, and uh, so he has these moments where he just like succumbs to his impulses and like succumbs to like the, the atmosphere of just like uh, chaos and like gratification that all of the characters are suffused in. There's another episode where he is uh, 
kind of obsessed with this like computer repair woman and he uh ends up killing her boyfriend and i should say like if you're not familiar with the show um like every character dies in nearly every episode like character deaths are just constant and like there's no real sense of like canon or anything like they're not really concerned about that um so characters like die in really gory manners all the time uh so frylock like first he like creates these robotic legs um to seem more normal around this woman and then when she just like runs away from him he ends up confronting her and her boyfriend uh killing her boyfriend with his eye lasers which is something i haven't mentioned yet and uh and then trying to like put his brain into the corpse's frankenstein monstered up body and uh and and in doing so like be with her so there are episodes that sort of focus on him and like his schemes that just like like go terribly terribly wrong um he's sort of this like scientist figure it's it's kind of implied throughout the series that he is the only reason that they're able to pay rent um so there's an episode where he's like doing freelance scientific work for people um and then that turns out that one of his clients is like is adolf hitler and he's like filling up children's balloons with with deadly gas and um shake is like mortified to discover this and uh so there are again these moments when he like he he goes over the edge but usually he's treated as the guy who like has to be the voice of reason um and uh the ages of the characters are kind of like interesting. Um, Frylock's age is never really mentioned. Meatwad is like 38 and um, Master Shake is like in his early 40s, I think. Um, and the characters were supposed to be like all created by this other character named Dr. Weird, who is just kind of this like stereotypical mad scientist that initially when the series started was like, the one who would sort of instigate like the problem of the episode, like he created this giant robotic rabbit that's on a rampage. And then later on, like he just sort of became this like absurd bit opening bit character, but he is supposed to have created them. Although then in the film um, that came out like in 2007, there's this like argument over whether Frylock created Dr. Weird or he created them. Um, but again, like all of those things, like the origins and stuff, like the show just plays with and it doesn't really care because there's no, this isn't a show about continuity or canon. It's a show about just like personalities conflicting and, um, and just like, you know, causing chaos. So I did mention that Frylock has laser eyes. Um, he also has a goatee, which is like a very a dad kind of facial hair to me. Um, he, yeah, so he has these laser eyes, um, and this blue gem on his back, which gives him the, the power of a thousand suns. Um, th the ability to shoot lasers out of his eyes is like attributed to these contact lenses, which, uh, he wears and then shake ends up stealing in one episode. So like, because he has these powers, he's often like the character who just like neutralizes the situation or like ends the conflict of the episode like because the episodes are like 11 minutes long and often they're written where like something ridiculous is happening and then it just has to end somehow and often it's just like frylock um as like the dad character and as 
the guy with the laser eyes, he just blows up like whatever is causing the problem. And then there's a pithy line and the episode's over. And it's interesting, like uh, thinking about this show, not just as like an example of absurdist humor or like an example of this kind of trend of cartoon that that appeared on Adult Swim, but thinking about it as about personalities and about like about characters interacting. It seems to me that Aqua Teen Hunger Force is like about men without women, right? Like in that sense, it feels similar to a show like Peep Show, which we previously discussed on this podcast. Uh in that it's about dysfunctional relationships between men. Um, and while it's like actually not clear, like the characters are like never explicitly like referred to as well, I mean, they're they're men, like they're meant to be men. Um I don't think they have like a canon gender, but again, like nothing in this show really is canon, but like it's pretty clear that they're like meant to be uh meant to be male. And so, like, in that sense of it being a show about just, like, men living together, like, there aren't really a lot of recurring female characters on the show. Like, when women are introduced, it's either just as sort of, like, background characters or, like, these one-offs, like the computer repair woman that Frylock is in love with, who turns out to be a chud, um, a cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. And as a result, the show just becomes about, well, what do you, how do men act together on their own? And it's not quite a family relationship, but like Frylock is sort of this more of a father figure. Um, so it's a little different than Peep Show because Peep Show sort of has the the sort of the two characters, right? Like the the wacky one and then like the very sort of like dour straight man character. Whereas in Aqua Teen, you have it's split into three characters. So you have like sort of the go- the dopey gullible one who is often like on the receiving end of like abuse from Master Shake, who is like the impulsive violent one or like ridiculous one who is then often on like the receiving end of like lectures or scolding from Frylock um, who also like is in this role of trying to be like a father figure to, uh, to Meatwad. So it's kind of like this interesting dynamic of just like three awful men like living together in this really like codependent, terrible way. Um, And it's implied sort of that they're brothers because they were all created by Dr. Weird. But again, there's there's no canon in this show. They're just like three weird dudes living together. Um, And there actually is one episode where Master Shake uh, is implied to have a son or like this character shows up and looks like a tiny shake and uh like frylock is like telling him to or telling shake to like accept him as as his son um and shake just is terrible because he's he's shake and uh it turns out that (laughs) that uh his son ezekiel is like actually um older uh, than Shake, which means that, that Shake has, has never had sex. Um, he's 4,000 years old, and uh, Shake's just like, oh, right, there's, like, two talking milkshakes, and uh, I think, like, a dragon, like, flies off with Ezekiel at that point, and Frylock's like, well, there were. 
Uh, so <laughs> that's the only time that there is like this actual real father thing, I think, in the show. Like, I don't, as far as I know, Frylock never has like a son. He is like trying to be like this kind of family figure, but again, like, or this, this father figure, I should say. But again, like, it's an extremely dysfunctional kind of setup. So there actually is one episode where Shake uh, cuts Meatwad in half for something, for some reason, and uh, he ends up splitting into two, like, two Meatwads. And um, Shake just kind of, like, keeps doing this, and they just keep reproducing, and then they're just all, like, talking to each other, and, like, Frylock gets so fed up that he leaves, and when he comes back, like, 27 years later, he has written this book on uh, on codependent uh, relationships because he's just, like, been in this situation for so long. And, like, without them, he was kind of able to flourish, which is kind of like in a, in Peep Show, like, you know, Mark is sort of able to – it's, like, it's kind of implied, like, again and again that, like, Mark – is able to do better without Jeremy and and sometimes Jeremy is without Mark but they they're kind of they've settled into this pattern of like needing each other in a way that is really terrible for both of them and that's kind of the same with other characters on the show albeit in like a you know much less uh serious way because it it isn't meant to be like that kind of deep exploration of those kinds of relationships but i think that's kind of there um just the fact that like there are no real female characters and whenever one does show up she kind of becomes like the point of obsession or of like focus of all of the characters so they're either like competing for her attention in the case of like this uh city worker who comes and shows up um like carl shake and frylock are all like fighting over these characters um or, like, there are episodes that revolve around, like, Shake or Frylock's efforts to, like, attract women, like, into their home, um, which always inevitably fail for one reason or another, because, like, their home is this, like, terrifying, like, den of just, like, the most just, like, disgusting, raw masculinity possible. Uh, and throughout all of this, Frylock is kind of, like, trying to like teach Meatwad to be good. Um, but Meatwad is like so easily influenced that uh that that doesn't really work out. Like there is an episode where these characters, the Moonanites, who are aliens from the moon, uh they you know, they periodically come down and like they corrupt Meatwad. They like get him to smoke. Um there's no- another episode where they uh they come down and like offer the characters Moonawana which turns out to just be like a tire fire in an enclosed space. Um, and at the end of that episode, like Frylock confronts the Moonanites about like, why are they doing these things? And uh, one of them just has this long speech about, uh, about how his parents left and he grew up like without a dad and like he, you know, his, no one ever wanted him and like no one ever like got any attention. And, uh, and Frylock's is like, well, shoot, like if, if you guys, you know, if you, if you, uh, need attention, like you should just go to Hollywood and, uh, they go and like, they like basically go to star as like, um, gay sex workers in, in a movie. Um, and like, that's just like one of the other few moments when that stuff is mentioned, when like, like the absence of like parental authority is mentioned because, 
as much as like Frylock uh, tries to kind of be a father figure, or as much as he is sort of forced into that role, he is also like kind of a child in that he just also pursues these whims, right? Like he is this kind of like mad scientist figure as well. And there are episodes where he just does terrible things. And like, in many ways, like he is dragged down to the level of Shake and Meatwad um, over and over again. And uh, that their house is like also the space without any kind of like parental authority. And like, that's kind of an interesting thing because I think in many ways, like the audience that this show was trying to attract and, and did like cultivate over the course of its run was probably people whose lives were like this or people who wanted lives like this of just like male debauchery, like homosocial bonding and like living together with like other guys and just like getting into like weird hijinks. And like, I knew people like that in high school and like in college as well. And like, they were people who were really into the show and getting back to that idea of like the kinds of audiences that a, a show cultivates, like, whether it's Rick and Morty or a show like this, I think there are always interesting angles to look at them from. Like Rick and Morty is like, oh, this is like clearly a shitty guy who is sometimes trying to be a, a father figure to to his grandkids, but like is does a bad job at it. And the show is about how he is bad, but like to a lot of people, it doesn't look that way. And like, you know, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, like again, like it it can be a show just about how terrible like three guys living in one house together can be. Um, but it can also just be like about how cool and awesome and random it is. Um, so, you know, depending on, on the audience, I think people take these things up very differently. And, uh, I think that was sort of what this era of comedy kind of represented to a lot of people is this like Peter Pan ass kind of, land of boyish freedom without dads actually kind of ironically considering we're talking about Frylock as a dad but this is a space like without dads and maybe especially without moms and like um without women except as these like things to be lusted over and i'm sorry if i went like way too deep into fucking aquity hunger force but like i've been watching it a lot lately i started from the beginning and i've just been like plowing through the whole series and um i just say i wanted to talk about it a little bit on the show so i hope you've kind of enjoyed this this dive that maybe it was deeper than it needed to be but um i think speaks to some of the 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 issues of fatherhood and uh absences of, of fathers in that show if you are considering doing a rewatch of aqua teens I don't know that anyone really needs to, <laughs> but I did recommend on Woodland Secrets recently uh, one episode where um, Danzig makes an appearance, and I think that one does hold up. So it's called The Cybernetic Ghost of Christmas Past from the Future. Uh, Danzig is in that episode. Um, I think it's it's still very funny, um, and it's kind of an example of the show at its best. Not really a sh- an episode that is like primarily about uh, fatherhood or anything, just just a fun one to check out with Danzig voicing himself as like a five foot ten guy, which is really funny because he's notoriously short. So I think that'll do it for us this week. Um, thanks for listening. And until next week, be good. Bye, kiddos. Dad Feelings is 
hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foiled Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at DadFeelings and at StayMeanCo. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.